like a mom because I wanted to look at it because I like it so much. Look at your little room. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I love it. My old coworker told me, she said, oh my God, it's like your screensaver IRL. Like at the real estate office, when I would host giant trainings with like a hundred agents in them and my computer would be airplayed, like that was the wallpaper. This one, I took off anything that was like middle fingers or bad bitch or like the playboy bunnies and stuff like that, just in case. But that one, like literally I, a man that makes like $10 million would be sitting in front of me and I have like my playboy bunny wallpaper up there. And I'd be like, so this is how you're going to increase your business. That's the energy we need to be bringing into the space. Exactly. I'm so tired that I literally Googled last night how to go to rehab for exhaustion. You want the sleep rehab? Do they put you in like a pod or something? I don't give a fuck what they do. I just want to be unreachable and I want it to be like medically necessary so that nobody can hate me for taking time off. I'm going to go to med school just to write you a prescription for that. And then I'm just going to put you in one of those glamping Airbnb bees and take your phone away. Thanks. I already had, I was wearing a heart monitor because I was so stressed out. Yeah, how'd that go? They were like, uh, this is, this is concerning. And I was like, hmm. Like, you're concerning. Your mom's concerning. Like, I think your outfit's concerning. Anyways, we're reading Patreon submissions today. If you want to submit a story about leaving teaching or something of the sort, that is the place to do it. Man, my computer sounds like it's about to launch into Neverland. I can't even hear it. Oh, really? The mic is like closer to me. I was going to say, maybe we don't even need new microphones, but after listening to What's His Face versus us. He just sounded so good. Like he sounded like he was in my brain. I know. It pisses me off because I don't want there to be a case for us to get $250 microphones. I don't want that for us. I've already made the case. I know. I feel like teaching again made me recklessly spend because like every problem is solvable with Amazon. Oh, 100%. Like yesterday, uh, they were sick over this, sick over it. So I have them put their phones in little brown paper bags and I had incidences of kids putting not their phones in the brown paper bag and then a bunch of them took them out of the bags before I said to. And so I got one of those little wooden things that they put the phones in and literally I put my Amazon account on the projector and bought it in front of them and selected overnight shipping. <laughs> I love the theatrics that you bring to a space. I was like, add to cart. Since since everyone wants to act crazy, add to cart. Did it come with the colors on it or did you color coordinate it? No, I did that. With what? So it actually worked out really good. They sit in clumps and I have washi tape on the desk to represent the color. So when you come in, it says what group you're in and then there's washi tape on the desk. So I just use the same tape and put it on the little phone thing. Oh, I would pick that off. That sounds delectable. I would love to come into a room and they had washi tape preloaded on the desk for me every day. I like to see the little drawings and things that they leave on there. I loved to draw on my desk. I loved to erase on my desk. Mm. I was a nightmare. Just <laughs> disrespected my surroundings, but in a fun way. Another teacher asked me, she was like, they wrote on your tape. What are you going to do? And I was like, to be honest, nothing because I would have written on the tape and it's washi tape. So I'll, I'll put just... it back when it gets unmanageable. That's what I told her. I said, when it looks absolutely disgusting that you can't even recognize what color it was. They'll put more on there. Yeah. Shall we read? Like a story. Okay. Fraz, I know you love charter school tea and redacted. I know you live for the drama. Read. <laughs> Let's talk about being sick at a charter. Spoiler, it sucks. 
For some context, I taught at a very well-known infamous charter school in NYC during pre-COVID times. Oh, you know what I bet it is? I bet it's the one that was in Nice White Parents. I'm totally speculating, but in my brain, that's the charter school that this person worked at. Did you listen? You didn't listen to that podcast? No. I'm really bad at listening to podcasts now. Valid same. Because I used to be really good about listening to podcasts because my commute was so long, but I'm just like, that's the only time I listen to them is while I'm driving. Mm. Oh, so this is during pre-COVID times. Like most charters, we use a co-teaching model, which means that we did not have subs. So if you're sick, you better suck it up and take some day quill because admin won't let you call out. Oh. It makes sense why they said pre-COVID times because this was the model like this was my experience and not just at a charter like you're sick coming to work it's interesting to me that this they said we used a co-teaching model which means that if like you're out get over it basically because my school uses a co-teaching model and part of like I don't want to say their pitch about it because it's not like we had a choice but they said oh it's really nice because if you have a sub there's someone in the room who already knows where everything is knows who the kids are like it makes it a lot easier so it's interesting to me that they're like oh because we did co-teaching we didn't have subs when my school kind of said the opposite my charter school experience pre-covid attendance was so 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 pushed like crazy pushed to the point where we had monthly competitions for who had the best attendance like you as the teacher would win if your students had good attendance our whole class would win but you would get recognized as a teacher every single day we're down oh my god i blocked this out wait i have to tell you all about this so At the beginning of the day, if you didn't submit your attendance on time, you were late. That's a yellow. If you missed submitting attendance, that's a red. I'd be looking like a goddamn sunset. Every single day at some point, the secretary would email the entire staff and show who was late or did not submit attendance. And I pitched such a fucking fit. Not the adult clip chart. That's exactly what I called it. And I was like, you're saying that we have to be like sensitive to our students' needs, whatever. Everybody knows I have diagnosed ADHD, but I fucking forget. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't need a scarlet letter. I don't need to be reprimanded. But it was like, there was some kind of accolade you could get if you got your attendance in all the time. Like there was some sort of incentive for that. In addition to getting like a class party or whatever. It was to the point where our evaluations included student attendance on it. And I also pushed back against that. What what do y'all want me to do? Go pick them up? We were literally told by our principal's mouth, if we created a warmer, more welcoming, more fun and engaging environment, students would come to school. That it was our fault. I feel like at elementary school, that is so, like elementary students aren't really the ones deciding if they're coming that day or not. Like at my old high school, they kind of put attendance on us, which I didn't love. But I can see a high schooler, they get on the bus by themselves they walk to class by themselves they have a lot more control over that and what they were telling us is like the main push at mild school was that we should be doing a graded assignment every day to incentivize attendance which i think is a little more understandable from a high school perspective like give them a grade every day to incentivize them to make the choice to come to school especially because we didn't have buses so like they really had to figure out how to get there but i taught tkk combo like they just get dropped off yeah and it was like on our evals that's crazy it was crazy and one of the ways that they had us like incentivize coming to school is like phone calls and home visits and they said that one solution we could propose to parents is if their kids are going to be out or if they have an early doctor's appointment or whatever 
to bring them to school until 8.15 to sit in the office so they can be marked present and then go. That they can withdraw them at 8.15 and it counts as a full school day. It's literally just about numbers and funding. Like that's literally all anyone cares about and it's just so sad. 100%. And it's it's like I know the principal is being hounded by their boss who's being hounded by their boss like it's very pyramid schemey literally the u.s education system is a pyramid scheme yes everyone's boss is just yelling at them about a number on a spreadsheet yeah and it's all back to funding it's always funding but yeah then they during covid times wanted us to totally switch that mindset Like, who are you? Are you the same person that sent the adult clip chart around? I would have replied with an admin clip chart. I was so I've been like, today you're in yellow. Anywho's all. Picture it. So we're back to the Patreon submission. Picture it. It's springtime. Testing is over. And it's the last week of school. You are feeling good. Or at least you should be. What a lovely time to get the flu. Our last day of school was on a Friday. And I woke up on Monday morning feeling absolutely awful. You know the feeling, hot yet cold, achy, a constant runny nose, pounding headache, you get the picture. Important to the story, I had just moved into a new apartment and had no cold medicine or a thermometer. I wasn't returning to this school, so my commute for the last two weeks was about an hour on the subway. I texted my admin to let them know that I was sick and wouldn't be in. As I'm about to fall back asleep, my admin texts me back and says that I need to be at the school today as it's the last week and there's a lot that needs to be done. Admin gave me the ultimatum of going to the hospital or going to work. As a naive first-year teacher, I actually went to work. I arrive at the school and head to my classroom. My co-teacher, who already knew I was sick, sees me and tells me how horrible I look. She proceeds to take my temperature and I have a fever of 101. As she is taking and reading my temperature, my admin walked in. Her eyes are wide because she realizes just how bad I look. She then says, you're already here. You might as well stay. At what? Probably like 7 a.m.? I know that nobody could hear that. My eyes just rolled back into my head so hard that they probably made a sound. Um, My admin and I make a compromise. I'll stay until 11 a.m. and then go to urgent care. 11 a.m. rolls around and I can barely walk or stand without feeling like I was going to pass out. While I was walking to the subway, I truly thought I was going to pass out. This was the only time I willingly slept on the subway. (laughs) It's a miracle I didn't pass out on my walk to urgent care. Now, this is where the story gets juicy and petty. If there's one thing that medical professionals hate, it's when you're out and about when you shouldn't be. I tell the doctor my symptoms and about my day at work. I obviously cracked a joke about getting the flu on the last week of school. My fever is now 102 and I'm positive for the flu. As he is writing my doctor's note for work, he pauses and asks, when is your last day of school? I tell him that it's Friday. He then coyly asks if I have to go. I tell him that unfortunately I do need to be there on Friday as I have to finish cleaning out the classroom. And he sighs and says, technically you should go back to work on Thursday, but you can go back to work on Friday. Enjoy the extra day. You deserve it. Enjoy the extra day with the flu. (laughs) Right? Enjoy yourself. Because if you've (laughs) had the flu, we all know on day three, you're feeling fucking awesome. So you definitely should be there on Thursday. But enjoy yourself. Go do the walk in Broad City all the way from the tippity top (laughs) to the tippity bottom of Manhattan. You deserve it. It says, um, my admin was less than thrilled to see that doctor's note. To end the story with an added laugh, oh no, I got the flu during the last week of school again this year. (laughs) The next little one... Sorry, I thought that was an update to their story and it's just... Which one? The one on the very top. Okay. 
This one? Okay, I'll read. This is the same person. Oh, it is? Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a quick story rant, but I'm sure it'll create some dialogue for both of you about white privilege slash women with white savior complexes. I taught at a charter in New York City, and the majority of my coworkers are white women from extremely wealthy families. I'm talking annual ski trips to Aspen, vacation homes in Florida, designer clothes, you get the picture. What gets me is, like, if you have family money like that, why the fuck are you working? That happens in LA, too. Like, really, really rich people will teach at private schools or charters that don't pay as high because they have often better work conditions and resources there and then they don't need the money it's like for funsies yikes Okay, so this person said, and as I'm sure you can guess, our student community was the exact opposite of this. They had a weird white savior complex slash fetishized our low-income BIPOC students. It was extremely disturbing. These women flaunted their wealth and were the extreme epitome of white savior. For an example, and to, just to throw in my two cents, I don't think this example shows white saviorism, but I do think it shows white obnoxiousism. So that's why I'm going to read it. Every year, they would get some sort of matching designer item to celebrate the start of the school year. And like, again, teachers deserve nice things. So I'm not shading you for getting designer items to match with each other. Do I think it's wise to wear designer items in a school? No, but you're a fucking prerogative. What I am going to shade you for is what you chose to get because they're both terrible fucking choices. So the first choice is matching Kendra Scott bracelets. I don't even know what that means. Oh, like these? I've seen on sorority videos where girls are like, Kendra Scott. I don't love these. Okay, and Kendra Scott is really not that expensive. I'm not going to shade the Kendra Scott matching... Oh, some of this Kendra Scott is expensive. I guess it depends on what you get. I don't understand the golden goose trend in general. I remember getting Converse in junior high and scuffing them up because I didn't like the way they looked new, but those also were not $500, $400, $600. You know what I mean? So I have a theory about golden goose sneakers. Okay. This is going to sound delusional, but just know that I really do believe this. And again, the fact that the golden goose sneakers was one of the their designer items of choice. Very idiotic. And Golden Goose sneakers don't even have that good of support. I borrowed my bosses one time. My real estate boss, who could afford that, not my education boss, who was reasonable. <laughs> I'm just walking around in my principal's size 11s. <laughs> His Golden Goose sneakers. <laughs> but anyway, oh my, gosh. my theory about Golden Goose sneakers is that they were developed as some sort of prank or something like that. Like, do you remember when Payless, for, like, a marketing thing, made the fake Payless store, and it was called, like, Palasi, and then they, like, yes. tricked a bunch of it? That's what I think Golden Goose sneakers are doing, because they came from nowhere, and now everyone's obsessed with them. So I think, do you know who Nathan Fielder is? Yes. I think, like, the Nathan For You guy somewhere had something to do with this. I can't oh prove God. it, but I just know it was him. Like this reeks of him. And I really truly believe that someone somewhere thought this was going to be the funniest prank ever. And they were right about that. And I am hoping that they are very rich from this because it's so funny because they're just so ugly. Like they're so objectively ugly. I've never seen them with an outfit where I'm like that eats like that is the perfect shoe for that outfit because there's some things that I don't like. But when I see it with a whole outfit, I'm like, I see it like I see the vision like Doc Martens. Do I personally like them? No. When I see them with a whole outfit, I'm like, I get it. The Golden Goose sneakers don't do that for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand, but I also am 
older. So I don't know if it's just like, I don't get it because I'm not hip. But I feel like I've seen them cross age boundaries. They like have. when I worked in real estate, so many women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s were wearing Golden Goose sneakers. So many. But they're a status symbol to me. That's, yeah. It's like the um, the fake Cartier bracelet I have. Like you wear that to show people you have it. And like it reminds me of Ugg. When Ugg boots first came out in junior high and like you didn't want to have the bear paw ones. You wanted them to say Ugg. Oh, I was, I was bear pawing it up. I think I'm going to buy Uggs, actually, speaking of things to waste money on. I love my Uggs. Do you have the slippies or the boots? I have the ultra mini boots. I was thinking about getting the slippies, but I also destroy my slippies because I wear them outside a lot. So I'm like, maybe we don't need to be spending hundreds of dollars on slippies. Just do whatever brings you joy. Unless it's Golden Goose sneakers, then reevaluate your fucking priorities and happiness. I personally don't feel that this example exemplifies white saviorism, but I, I also- don't either. It's white nonsense, but it's not white saviors. Right. Like, and, but there's also context that I'm clearly missing because the submitter said they fetishized our low-income BIPOC students. And I don't know those stories. You know what I mean? Exactly. So like, it's like, I believe you, but that's not what you were talking about right here. Right. Like, clearly there's other stuff afoot. I have a former co-worker who is not white and she wore what how do you even louboutin is that how you say it louboutin i think no the shoes with the red bottoms oh is that different louis vuitton and louboutin are different but i don't know if i'm saying wow i did not know those were even different. guys i don't know clearly i don't fucking know anything this podcast is not in the tax bracket to know about this <laughs> she wore red bottoms she also put herself through multiple degrees, doctorate, and was very proud of that. So, like, yeah. I never looked at her as, like, we worked at Title One, but I never was, like, oh, you're, like, flaunting. I don't know. I just I, I yeah. just didn't think of it that way because she I, – When people are into the designer items and they view it as, like, an accomplishment for themselves, I'm kind of here for that because I like to buy certain things to reward myself for something – Clothing is not the avenue that I do that in, but like I get where your head's at. The thing that I don't understand is like using those items at school because I feel like all the stuff I bring to school and the clothes I wear to school, they just get messed with. Like I end up with pens in my pockets. I always bring, I actually just bought the ugliest purse I've seen in my entire fucking life for school because it has four cup holders. That was worth it. Because to me, I'm like, I just know my stuff gets beat up at school, not because of the kids, but because I'm doing so much. Like I'll throw my purse to the back of my car. Like I'll throw it on my desk. So that's where my head's at is like, why would you want to have your super nice item here? Because like, aren't you kind of like stressed out when you're here? Like, isn't that really not your moment? But I can also see where like bringing your thing to work every day reminds me, reminds you of your accomplishments and stuff like that. So like, I'm not going to shade people for spending their money on designer items unless it's a golden goose sneaker. <laughs> there is like different, like I said, like, I think I'm talking about something different than what Submitter is talking about, but just yeah. like in general, that's the kind of my thought. Wearing a Golden Goose sneaker doesn't make you a white savior, but often white saviors are in a Golden Goose sneaker. <laughs> There it is. We landed the plane. <laughs> she said, I've started to see this content on TikTok and it just amazes me that these kinds of people go into education and continue to only associate with other educators who look and act like them. I think that's really the problem is only associate with other educators who look and act like them. I don't think I look at their feet. You probably have seen the Golden Goose sneaker. 
on your feed, but you probably didn't even register it because your brain was like, yeah, a teacher and a scuffed up Skechers sneaker. That makes sense. So your brain like literally didn't even notice. I don't really know if I'm paying attention to what they're learning because I literally like, I swear to God, after my first year teaching, when I got sucked into teacher Instagram and like the comparison game and I felt so shitty about myself well I guess it wasn't my first year teaching it was in my credential program and then my first year teaching where I got the reality check that all of it is fake (laughs) there is a certain type of educator that exists in a bubble in an echo chamber with other particular types of educators and I am low-key horrified of either working or sending my child to schools with clicks like that because um I smelt a conservative as the TikTok audio goes. The one thing I am kind of jealous of is like, I admire their ability to be that delusional. <laughs> like, I admire their ability to just be so far removed from reality that like the socioeconomic pains don't even affect you because you don't even notice them. Imagine the peace that they must feel. I know. I think about it all the time. Like I'm over here and I'm like, oh my God, I can't make him do a Google form because that kid's phone is cracked and that's not equitable if he can't access it. And yeah. these bitches over here, not a thought in the world. I think all the time about how peaceful some people's brains must be. Not ours. I know, not ours. Two things I would love, a trust fund and just, maybe that's it, actually. (laughs) Maybe that would lead to peace in my brain. I don't think so because I think us not having peace is more so like our brains and not our conditions because I feel like- a trust fund and a brain transplant. Yeah, because I feel like if you had the trust fund, you would still be stressed about like how you're going to make sure you're still acting equitably. Yeah, a brain transplant. Exactly. I think that's fine. I can buy that with my trust fund. If you have a golden goose sneaker, please DM us so we can transplant our brains for years. We're going to get an onslaught of like one-star reviews of people being like- The golden goose herself is going to give us a (laughs) one-star review. Who is the golden goose? (laughs) Okay, I'll be quiet. Read the next one. (laughs) It says, hey, friends, it has taken me a while to work up the the nerve to join y'all's Patreon and send you a message. It's kind of scary. Sweet pea. It's kind of scary, but I've been following this podcast since maybe the second episode. I don't know. I just remember watching y'all's videos on TikTok, hoping... Hopping onto your podcast before you had ads <laughs> and then wondering if I should also escape this hellhole we call the U.S. education system. Here it goes. Um, first of all, I'm in love with you. So <laughs> I recently quit teaching after just two years in the field. My last day was June 1st, 2023, and I left that building so fast. I graduated college in the spring of 2021 with a degree in theater education. My people. And I started teaching theater that following August. I taught at a middle school in the largest school district in Texas that recently got taken over by the TEA, and that's the T. From the second I was hired, I should have known when I was in for. Do you know what she's talking about? Mm -mm. So the Houston School District was taken over by the state. Oh, I have heard this. Somebody at Texas Monthly made a headline that said, Welcome to Houston's no longer independent school district. Just drop the in. 
Welcome to Houston Dependent School District. So I, I did not know until maybe last year when this started to like hit the news that this was even possible. I was like, what do you mean the state is taking over the school? Because I know it can happen to individual schools or it can happen to an entire district. So the Texas Education Agency commissioner said that this was necessary because some of the schools were poor performing, even though some of the most troubled schools made a lot of progress. It's like a little dystopian, in my opinion. Apparently they like got rid of the libraries, not literally, like they didn't like lock them. Oh, team centers. Yes, and they're turning them into like a center for basically the TLDR. Um, When kids are misbehaving in class, you send them to this center now instead of the admin because I think they had identified a big reason they were struggling is behavior reasons were like impacting other kids. Yep. Librarians at at least 28 schools will transition into other roles within the district and some of the libraries will be used as team centers. I really like, I hate to take the villain side, but I really do feel empathy about the situation because like... I agree. When you have extremely disruptive students that are impacting the learning of others, they need a room to go to to get services that they need. And like, I feel like the whole library situation is I doubt, like I always try and think about the intention of the people making the decision. I don't think their intention was to get rid of libraries, but they have the resources that they have. And like, I feel for everyone involved because like, Do I think this is being handled well? No, but I also don't think they have the resources to handle it well. We were just sent to the regular library. Back in my day, we got to keep the library and were sent to the library when we misbehaved. Oh, when I was in elementary school, going to the library was like a reward. So that's where my head is at. Oh, I'm talking about high school. Oh, even then. I don't like this superintendent man named Mike Miles. I think that he's a little snake. Michael Myers is a superintendent? You should have legally had to change your name. (laughs) Mike Miles, like Miles and Miles. (laughs) At least 28 schools. So bye to your library and then the man was like that's not a place for discipline that's a place for kids to learn we're not going to have traditional libraries that doesn't mean we're doing anything with the books the books are still there and the kids can read them oh i did see him on the news saying that but i'm confused because then why is it not a library I feel like now we're getting into the chicken and the egg argument of what makes the library a library. And his side is he's like, there's a book in this room. So shut up about the library because Charlotte's Web is literally on the floor in the corner over there. (laughs) While these kids do eye ready math. Charlotte's (laughs) Web is right over there. It's crazy to me because like a lot of these kids who are acting out probably have significant literacy delays. And you're throwing them into a library that they can't use on a regular basis. Don't they do this with prisoners where they're like, you can go to the library and read about law. Like, isn't that what they do? Yeah. And it's like literally law textbooks for people that have like a fourth grade education. I don't know, man. Texas is... Anyways, okay, let me read. So they say, I was offered the job at the end of my virtual interview, red flag numero uno, and accepted after about 24 hours of thinking about it. I was fresh out of college and nervous that I was not going to get a job. I visited the campus on one of their last days of school and met the administrative team and saw my classroom and auditorium. The classroom and auditorium were huge, 
but there were just so many issues that should have sent me running. First off, the sign above my classroom still read Coral Room and the auditorium stage was covered with school supplies. You couldn't stand on the stage. I was told there was a work order put in to fix the lights because they had burned out, but they would get everything cleaned up and fixed for me before the school year started. They were so excited to finally have a theater teacher and put plays on at school. Smiley face with like a bunch of chins like this. Flash forward to the beginning of my first year of teaching. Keep in mind, I was 22 and this was a very challenging Title I inner city school where most students were coming from rough home situations and a lot of students were emergent bilinguals. I knew that I would be starting the school theater program from the ground up because the only theater teacher they had had in recent years had quit before the previous school year was over. What I did not know was that they had a quote, mental breakdown. They were bullied so badly by the admin and quit in April. Oh, they almost made it to the end and they just couldn't. That's how you know it was really, really fucking bad. Yeah, to quit in April, like the finish line was right there. Right there. It says, on my first day teaching, I very quickly realized that my students were way too interested in how long I would last that school. And throughout the year, they would often ask if I was going to leave like everyone else does. Some students even told me that the last teacher quit because a student told her to go kill herself. (sighs) As you know, kids can over-exaggerate and usually don't know the full story of things, but still, not a great sign. A lot of awful things were said to me by students, and I definitely had some kids prone to violence in my room. I was threatened, and certain kids had a bad habit of shaking or throwing furniture when they got mad. However, my main issue with this school was the admin. This principal that hired me was horrendous. She was a bully to adults and students alike, racist, passive-aggressive, and just a terrible presence in the school. She wanted to have my kids do the UIL one-act play competition, definitely just for the sake of the school's rating. Even when I came over to her with evidence time and time again that our campus was just not ready, I was excited at the idea of doing it before I started the school year and saw what I was actually dealing with. I would tell her all the time what we needed to make it happen and frankly the department just needed to be built up before we could handle doing a competition like that. I was ignored until I just had to pull out of it two years in a row. Working at this school made me feel like such a failure even though I just knew I was not being supported. I could go on and on about how how awful this experience was, so I will try to keep it a little shorter for the sake of this message. One of the worst moments from that school year was when a student came to me in private about an issue with another teacher, and I immediately wrote down the report and emailed my principal that I had sensitive information from a student to give her. I gave her the time frame of my off period and asked if we could talk. She came to my room a whole five minutes before my off period ended and asked what happened. I told her that the student wanted to remain anonymous and she said that was not possible and if I wanted to report, I needed to give her a name. So I gave the name and told her what happened and she said, and you couldn't just email this to me because... And I said, well, I thought in our training it said to not email sensitive information. And I offered to print it out and give it to her as soon as I could replace the ink in my printer. Again, I had a class starting in just a few minutes. And she said, if it's really that important, you'll email it to me. And just walked out of the room. The bell rang for my next class as she walked out and I stood there gaping. It was like a movie scene. Is she like a a high school villain? (laughs) Did she watch Mean Girls too many times? Or Heather's? Perhaps? She watched Mean Girls and took notes on the wrong stuff. Yeah, she was like, oh, that Regina George has a, a thought that I love. Says, the rest of the school year was just as bad. I honestly blo- blocked out most of it. Even when I wasn't having after-school rehearsals, I was getting to the building around 7 a.m. and leaving around 6 p.m. because I was overwhelmed, unsupported, and had a never-ending to-do list. 
I only stopped doing that when I told my mentor teacher and they started stopping by my classroom at the end of the school day and demanding I leave. This saved me. At the end of that school year, I was looking for other schools and doing some interviews in secret because I was so scared to tell the principal I wanted to leave. Some teachers had told me not to tell her because she was known to be terrible to teachers she knew were leaving. Eventually, she found out I wanted to leave and cornered me in a meeting about it. One of my assistant principals convinced me to stay during the last week of that school year. I had a meeting right before I came back to campus with my principal and told her that I was thinking about resigning. She was so shocked and scheduled a few meetings for me to get things sorted out. We got a new principal in January of 2023 and she was definitely nicer, but the school was still a hot mess and I could see no end in sight. I told my admin I was not returning and submitted my separation from the district. It was the best feeling ever. That second year of the school was so sad. I definitely had better boundaries, but I was just wishing away the year the whole time. It hurt to tell my kids who had been with me the whole two years that I was not returning. I told them they were the only reason for me to stay and I couldn't stay somewhere this bad for me. I also hated leaving my awesome team. I cried on the last staff day, but it just had to end. I'm definitely still recovering from those two years, but in these past two months, I've made huge progress. I even got a really great job offer from a brand new school district with brand new theater facilities in a great district. So maybe it's not the end of my educational career. Gonna keep my boundaries and stay open-minded and positive this year. Thanks again for reading all that. I love what you do and look forward to your episodes every week. Ah, thanks, friend. Being a theater teacher seems like a lot of work. Yeah, man. I don't think I could get down with that. And the way that like you're literally building that department out of nothing and they were like, could you do a competition with all of these children that have been throwing furniture? And if you could <laughs> have them put on a Broadway production together and then submit that. Like this isn't School of Rock. What are you talking like, about? It's <laughs> not High School Musical. <laughs> no. <laughs> Troy Bolton doesn't go here. I want to teach at the High School Musical school. The drama sounds like it would be a lot. I don't know if I could handle. I could handle any kid drama over the government's drama and this school had both because at least with kids i'm like you're a kid like you don't even right. it's like of course you have drama you have no coping skills <laughs> no frontal lobe no coping skills no money you're very small. i was telling them that today how bad i feel for them i was like <laughs> it really when you think about it like you guys just show up to this building every day you don't know what's gonna happen you don't know what you're gonna have to do that's tough and then one kid, she goes, yeah, I feel like a slave. And I was like, well, let's tone it down. It's, let's not. Welcome to history class. I'll be your guide. We're going to learn about slavery in like two weeks. And you're going to realize how far off base that comment truly yeah. was. We're going to walk that back. I was like, what I'm hearing is that you feel you don't have autonomy over your choices. And I will grant you that. Oh my God, these children. Oh, they're going to give me gray hairs and they're not even mine. Do you want to okay. volunteer? I need help. No, I'm not coming over there. You can pay me enough. You want me to read the next one? Yeah. It has carts. <gasps> oh my God, I love a cart. Okay. So why I left teaching in my hometown. And can I just say, those of you that teach in your hometown are the strongest soldiers because I would immediately regress. Like if my assistant principal was like, oh, you you did this. I'd be like, well, you dress coded me when I had a bra malfunction in 10th grade. So I actually don't care what you think about my data wall because you're evil. I would not be able to become coworkers with those people. I don't think I could no, do I really it. wouldn't. Like when they were like, 
you should show students grace. I'd be like, well, when I got a 73 on an essay because I didn't format my citation correctly, I didn't really feel grace in that moment. So this teaching in hometown, one strongest soldier, trigger warning carts. So I was hired for a long-term sub position at a middle school in my hometown in literally March of 2020. Oh, baby, no. That May, I graduated with my master's in teaching and got a full-time position at another middle school in the same district that fall. My school's solution to hybrid teaching was that Monday, Tuesday, half the kids would come in while the other half logged onto Google Meet, and I taught both in-person and online simultaneously. Then Thursday, Friday, the other half would come in and we'd switch. Every student was remote on Wednesdays, but teachers still had to come in and teach on Google Meet in their empty classrooms. <laughs> Depressing AF. Most districts in my state did something similar to this. However, for the students who were in the building, instead of them switching classes like a normal middle school, the students stayed in that same room all day, every day, while the teachers rotated the rooms with all of their supplies on carts. So every single teacher in our building was on a cart. This included lunch. Students are in the classrooms and lunch was brought to them by cafeteria staff, also on a cart. It was very rigid, and even when staff suggested ways to make school life more fun for students while sticking to COVID precautions, our ideas were quickly shot down. The admin gave very little support when it came to subject material, I teach math, but also shot down any ideas I had of my own. We also had two teachers on our team leave, one who got a new job in a different district and one who told students, I'll be out sick tomorrow, I have an interview somewhere else. Iconic. Iconic. You couldn't even lie. The first sentence was a lie. You could have just stopped with the first sentence. Right? (laughs) The fact that they're in middle school. Like, it's not even like they're, like, seniors in high school where you're just like, listen. Like, the fact that you told, like, an 11-year-old that. That's a veteran teacher. That is not a new teacher. Or if they are, they aged, like, I think that pandemic teaching was, like, dog years of teaching. No, it was. It really was. Yeah. Anyways. So the other was escorted out of the building for insane and aggressive comments made towards students in class. Tough. Oh, My God, my favorite information I've ever gotten in the middle of a school day is that a teacher destroyed their classroom and had the students help. It was like a kinder or a first grade teacher and she had like a full breakdown and started ripping shit off the walls and was like, help me children and did it and then got escorted out. I would give anything for the security footage. Like a rage room of your classroom. And you know, if the teacher was presenting themselves in a certain way, you could make that really fun. It does, it would not appear aggressive and horrible at all. It'd be like a core memory. I kind of want to do that. Like, I think that's what me and my class need. Let's rip this down and start from the ground up together. We're going to destroy this and build something new like a phoenix. Okay, I'm doing this tomorrow. Let me email my admin right now and let them know. That's always the key. If you're going to do something batshit crazy, tell your administrator beforehand. Mm -hmm. Because at least the administrators I've worked for, when I've told them I'm going to be crazy, they're like, rock on, girl. But if they hear about it after, they don't really like that. Oh my god, I think it could be really restorative and beautiful. But I have a feeling that that's not what happened. Anyways, (laughs) keep going. (laughs) Halfway through the year, our assistant principal was moved to an elementary school, and their AP came to our school. Then in May, that person left for a different district again. This was my first year teaching, but I decided to give it the COVID benefit of the doubt and stayed for a second year. Spoiler alert, it got worse. 
At the start of my second year, we had the same principal, but a new assistant principal who was a former curriculum writer for the district. However, a month into the school year, our principal took a leave of absence and our interim principal was an admin from one of the elementary schools who was formerly a gym teacher. Nothing against gym teachers and elementary folks, but he had no idea how to support secondary teachers. I once asked for support in addressing some hallway behavior that was escalating. He told me to tell all the teachers to talk about it in morning meeting. We don't have morning meeting in middle schools. The kids go right to their first period. Also, it shouldn't have been my job to tell the entire school of teachers what to do. Our interim principal was oblivious and unhelpful and at times sexist, often cut me off in conversations or cut other women off when asking questions or in faculty meetings and definitely preferred male students. He left in December and our original principal came back. By this time, behaviors in the school had escalated and admin was threatening to put students back in one room all day and have teachers move around by cart again. Who's that really punishing? That's not a threat for them. That's a threat for me. I didn't do it. I will. Threaten me, I'll threaten you back. Give me those safety glasses. We're burning it down, kids. (laughs) Okay, where was I? I was pissed. I went to admin and advocated that students were capable of improving behavior with the right supports, and and we were able to implement restorative circles and other more structured practices. However, in January, we were still struggling. We had another assistant principal leave. Our superintendent and assistant superintendent were in the building nearly every day, and ooh, Ooh, that just sent like a shiver down my spine. The superintendent being in your building every day. Oh, I'm so glad I work in a huge district. School districts that have like six schools could not be me. You know me, baby. Come on in, y'all. Let's see some shit. Like you have group red. Mm-hmm. Uh, they failed the Civil War test, so you got it. Get those hands dirty, folks. So. Then they moved our original principal to an elementary school, and she resigned at the end of the year. The assistant superintendent became our acting principal, and her and her her and the superintendent consistently antagonized students. Students were expelled for behavioral situations that they never should have been in in the first place. In one instance, I was so upset for the lack of care for the student, I wrote a letter in their behalf to read at the expulsion hearing and sent it to the parent of the child. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that you did that. The letter basically said that they were in an honors class of mine and they were inc- they were incredibly capable of doing amazing things. I talked about future career goals that this student had told me, all in an effort to at least have the board look into the situation further or even do half a year instead of a full year expulsion. Anything to make the situation even a little better. After I sent the letter, the superintendent and assistant superintendent came in my room and pulled me out in the middle of class, left a sub in my room. They walked me into the office and shut the door. The superintendent said, never in my 30 years have I had a teacher write a letter in direct opposition to me. I told her I never meant to off and then it got cut off. Oh no. Oh no. Hang on. Damn it. Where are you? Where are you? And And I'm I'm so so sorry. Anyway. That's still a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that is a lot. I love also how collectively we all thought for sure that after 2019-2020 got disrupted by COVID, we were like 2020-2021 is going to be amazing we're gonna be back to normal baby it got worse and then we were like well we're gonna be back in person next year it's gonna go so much better 2021 22 is our year and everybody quit like it was just was like okay so it was not our year <laughs> yeah. 
sounds really bad. I feel like it's because all of us naively thought we were like, okay, these leaders had a situation thrown at them with no preparation. There's no way they could have predicted this. Like I can grant any superintendent grace that you would not have predicted a global pandemic. Like I will grant you that, like understandable. And I think over the summer, all of us were thinking, how can I change things? How can I do more stuff online? Like we kind of were being creative and thinking about how we could adapt. Mm -hmm. So we assumed that leadership was doing the same thing. So then when we all got there and they were like, shit, y'all, what are we going to do? We just like really couldn't handle it. And then when they just started gaslighting us even harder, you know, because I thought even actually, let me go back. If they had said, shit, man, what are we going to do? I could have worked with that. Like I, because then we're collaborating. Like I expected them to either have a plan or be like open to suggestions. But when we all came back and all of educational leadership just started saying the most obviously incorrect things. And then when we were like, hey, that doesn't make sense. When they were just like, yes, it does. Like, we just really couldn't handle it. Like, I distinctly remember. So one issue that happened in that year, the 2020 to 21 year, half the kids were virtual, half were in person. I remember they said, we want all the kids that are in person to still log on to the Zoom from their devices in class. And I remember asking, hey, a lot of them are using like a tablet or something that can't simultaneously run those two things. And then my other question is, we never issued out headphones to them. So are they just putting the computer on mute? Then if we do like a video or like how, and they literally were just like, just make sure they log in. And then that's also the combat of like, we are Wi-Fi boosters. We, our building was not technology set up for 30 people in the room to be on a computer at the exact same time. So I was like, we already have a really limited bandwidth. So why would we be asking them to join a Zoom session that they really don't need to? That's just taking up more of the Wi-Fi power. And like to have the tech people telling me, yeah, you cannot have this many devices doing this at the same time. And then to have the district tell me, no, they do have to log in. I think at least for me, like just the dissonance was way too much for me. And I just felt like so gaslit that that's what like aged me in dog years. That is exactly the aging factor. I think. I remember just being like, we have such an opportunity. We're going to change the face of education. Because yeah. it was like, there was nothing that was the same anymore. So I was like, we have all this time to like figure out how we can do this better. And we're not better. We're worse. Surprise, surprise. But anyways... Well, I think that person meant to say she didn't mean to offend, but we'll update you when we get an update, friends. And I truly love that you sent the letter on behalf of that student, but I hope that when you sent it, you knew that this was going to happen because I could have told you that. Don't ruin the ending. I want to know everything. Because like if you, if like you were like a new baby teacher in my building and you came to me and you were like, I'm going to do this. Like I would really have like a serious conversation with you about how much I loved and respected you for that. And like if you really understood the gravity of what you were about to do to yourself. But way to advocate for your students, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, like major slay boss, I guess, you know, like I love that advocation. I love 
that you threw yourself on that stake. I mean, there is nothing that a district hates more than you standing up for a student. Because they want to present a united front of hatred. I can't believe the superintendent and the assistant superintendent came. Are they like hooking up? Why are they together all the time? Are there like no other schools with problems? I don't think I've even seen the assistant superintendent. I don't even know if we have one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know mine either. The only reason I know my superintendent is because... All of his emails have like the same little tagline and it has his pick on the little graphics. So that's why I know who that is. So I'll grant him that. His email communication is very, I know when it's him, you know. Since we're making predictions about what happens next in the story, I want to predict that they're going to be like, never in my 30 years have I had a teacher write a letter in opposition to me. And then they're like, and it was beautiful. They're like, and I learned so much from this. (laughs) And thank you. And they give you a medal to make you the superintendent as well. They knight like a you. a Game of Thrones style ceremony. Yeah. Literally what I was about to say. <laughs> like, that's what I want to think is happening. That would be the end of the movie. It's like in the movie Grease where the ceiling opens and then you leave in the car. You're with the assistant superintendent and the superintendent. Y'all all have matching jackets now. There's a freeze frame. You jump up and like at the end of Breakfast Club. <laughs> well, we'll, so we'll have to find out because I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Thank you guys for coming to another episode of Teacher Quit Talk. Hope you enjoyed it. Did you? We're going to talk to a man next week about sports. Don't be afraid. Don't leave. I'm a little afraid. We'll make it fun. Anyways, this is a five-star review from Marge Simpson. She says, love it. I was hesitant when I first found this podcast because I work at a school, but not as a teacher or admin, so I didn't know if I would relate to it. But the hosts are so funny (laughs) with such lovely perspectives. I listen to every ep. So good. Thanks, friend. Thank you. That's really nice of you. I think we're funny, too. I think we're hilarious. Anyways, we'll see you next time. Bye. Hope you guys have a great day. If you're thinking about quitting, take a deep breath. And then if after the deep breath you still want to quit, go for it. You could also try destroying your classroom with the children. Yeah. In a positive way. If I ever quit a teaching job again, I'm doing that. Yeah, why not? You could get safety glasses. It could be very, very beautiful rage room that's what we all need tbh we should open an abandoned something and transform the rooms into classrooms that teachers can rage room with (gasps) if we're ever big enough to have a conference that's what i would want to do i want to do like have classroom rage rooms oh um, my wheels are turning we can do this i would get like really specific items for the rage room like i would get like fake computers that have like i ready math on them yeah or like clip charts absolutely i would put out like a whole giant table of like centers that take all the planning in the entire world and just let y'all go ape shit on there and i give y'all lighters too we have the fire marshal there it's fine oh my god we could have like a meeting like a conference room where you get like different meeting audios played in the loudspeaker this is so good we have to make a conference it'll be like TanaCon. we could technically have a conference we could just go to burning man and this can be our art installation we can't afford a conference you guys but catch us at burning (laughs) man next burning man Actually, no, we should do it at the new fire festival. Hell yeah, we are the, and we're like the only real people. Well, how do we get on the fire festival lineup? Somebody makes a call. I bet my old manager knows. Anyways, I need to go. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs)